And it's very hard to have that, that very resolute stance with yourself or with somebody else talking a whole bunch of trash when you don't even know your covenant yourself. Yeah. It's kind of hard to stand because it's easy at that point for somebody to whip you around because you don't know what you're standing on. You don't know what's been provided for you. You don't know what's already been made available to you. And the only way to get that is to get the word. And in Joshua, it's very clear. It says to meditate on the word day and night so that you will make your way prosperous and then have good success. It's not just saying it because it's nothing else to say, but they're just trying to remind you like he was trying to remind Joshua, listen, keep up with your covenant. Keep up with your word so nobody can talk you out of what belongs to you. That's the whole point of it. Don't let anybody talk you out of what belongs to you. This is your covenant. This is your word. So now that you know what belongs to you, don't let them talk you out of it. Don't let them shake you out of it. Don't let them move you. Don't let the circumstance move you. Don't let the situation move you off of where you're supposed to be. It takes some time to get there when you are unaware. This <laughs> is one of those things. Um, my mother and I have the same SUV different years, but 99% of, of what's in them is the same. And so we had this conversation, she said, well, you know I don't know how to do this with that, and you don't know how to touch this, and I don't know what to do with this, and I don't know what to do with that. It's the same stuff, the same guts. It's like we've all been given the measure of faith. The same stuff, it is no different. We've all been given the measure of faith. Same measure, not one more than the other. Everything that's in her car is everything that's in my car. It's just, how do you work what you have? How well do you know how to use what you have? Yeah. I mean, we were notorious for, you know, kind of joking with my mom. She can make a meal out of anything. And my mom died would say it all the time. She said, just an empty pan and some water. She's going to make sure somebody's fed. She can do it. Yeah. Not to worry about it. But what, how good are you with using the word of God to your advantage? Yeah. How well can you use it in and out of the situation? Are you bothered? When somebody gave you a report that didn't line up with the way you thought it was, what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? What are you going to say about it? What are, how are you going to stand? How are you going to stand? And I didn't get a chance to give this to, to media, but I had actually um, getting prepared. Now, so don't shoot me down because I'm saying this, but the movie 300 is a pretty brutal movie. But somewhere in the middle, in between, um, a visitor comes and shows up, and he tells Leonidas all the things that they, the Spartans, need to do. They, he tells them that they need to submit. He tells them that they need to give them their money. He tells them that they need to give them their land. And they need to do this, 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 and this. The guy came and insulted his wife. All these things going on. And I said, I can imagine that's what the devil does when he's walking to you. Yeah. You know what? You might as well go ahead and have the surgery. You know what? You might as well go ahead and give that up. You know what? You might as well live where they told you to live. That's the same lies that the enemy tries to come and do. But see, in the movie, Leonidas takes his time and he steps back. And I'll get a visual for you at another time. But there's a giant hole, <laughs> probably somewhere. I mean, when I mean giant, a giant hole. It's probably like, to me, it looks like it's a quarter mile across. But so this guy that's talking all this trash, and in my vision, it's the enemy, is standing right at the edge. 
telling this guy in this house what they need to do. How would you feel about that? If somebody came in your house, told you where you were going to go, where you were going to live, and that you were going to have to give them your paycheck, and that your family members are going to have to work for them for the rest of their lives in slavery. How would you feel about that? The same way he felt about that. He turned around and he took out his sword and took it to the man's neck. He says, mm-mm, you came here in my house. You came here talking about my people, embarrassing my wife, telling my family what they're going to do. And now all of a sudden the enemy was on his heels. You wouldn't just shoot or kill a messenger. You wouldn't treat him that way. This is madness. This is insanity. He was very clear to him. He says, no. This is Sparta, and he kicked them into the hole, and everybody else that he brought with him. What are you doing when the enemy comes to you? What are you going to do when he says you have cancer? What are you going to do when he says they're going to put you out? What are you going to do when they said they're coming to take your car? What are you going to do when they say you no longer have a job? Are you going to sit there and entertain the enemy? Or are you going to tell him, no, I'm the child of the most high God. God said that he already took care of this for me. I have my covenant. And what you say does not go here. But what are you going to do when you are confronted? Because everybody has that day. Everybody does. And if anybody says that they haven't had that day, it's coming. And if you think it's not coming, there is always an opportunity for prayer line for those who can't possibly speak the truth. Because that day (laughs) is coming. Do you hear what I say? It's coming. It is going to come. But how are you going to respond when that day comes? We know what to do. We know we are supposed to come to the throne. We're supposed to go ahead and pray. So I need you to go to Matthew 7, chapter 7. Verse 7 through 8, and we're going to start with 7 first. And I'm going to pray that this does what I need it to do. Thank you, Lord. And again, these are not scriptures that we've not seen before. This is nothing that we've not heard before. But at the end of the day, what are we going to do? What are you going to do when, this, when you're confronted with this? Now, Matthew 7 and 7, it says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. That's what it says. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Has anybody ever done that? So I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but if I ask you to raise your hand, can you tell me with surety that that has happened every time? Most of us will say no, that there has been an opportunity where they have asked and it wasn't given, so they thought, that they sought and they could not find, and that they knocked and the door was not open unto them. It's not the case. Shouldn't be that way. It's right here. Very clear. Take the word just as it is. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. How many of us know that we haven't seen that? But Romans 3 and 4 is very clear. It said, let God be true and let every man be a liar. Every man that comes up against the word of God, every situation, every sickness, every problem, let God be true and let every man be a liar. Meaning regardless of what they say, your outcome is supposed to be different. Different than what the enemy has told you. Different than what you received in the mail. Different than what you're feeling in your body. Different than what is in front of your vision, than what you can experience with your five senses. It is supposed to be different because the word plainly says so. I want you to go to Mark 11, 24. 
And in just in your hearing, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, it says, yea, all the promises in God, they are yea, and they are amen unto us. So where are you? Do you know your covenant? Do you know that's what it is saying for you? Or are, are you there? <laughs> are you there? And you know, I know there it was a, such a push of how much time that you spend with the Lord and do you spend an hour a day with God and that, does that make you holier because you spend an hour or do, you know, or is it that you spend all 12 hours, at least 12 hours of, of your day with the Lord. And so that means that that's more doing, more doing on your part. So have you spent quite enough? And then if you felt, well, 12 wasn't enough, then maybe I need to give all my day into God. How ridiculous does that sound? How ridiculous is that? Now, if you have a regular relationship with anybody, you talk to them throughout the day. That you commune with them throughout the day. And so that no one is hard pressed in saying, how is your relationship, shouldn't matter. How's your relationship? Why? How much time do you spend with them? Well, I haven't talked to them all day long, so this shouldn't be a problem. If you talk with God all day long, it should be a problem. So when a situation arises, there should be no guilt. There should be no condemnation of, Lord, did I pray enough today? Lord, did I say 15,000 confessions as opposed to 10,000? Lord, um, did, I, did I eat all the communion elements that I could squeeze in my body for today? That is mania. That is, yeah, rosary, that's mania. But have you taken the time? Just, Lord, what's your thought on this? Where you lead me, I will follow. Lord, I thank you that you are with me always that you never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, I thank you that the wisdom is already on the inside of me. It is a well brook. It is a spring. Lord, this is like dipping down with, with a pitcher. Lord, I thank you as I pray in my prayer language. Lord, I thank you for interpretation of what I'm speaking. Lord, I thank you that you've been made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Lord, I thank you that I'm placing a demand on your presence and what I need for this situation right now, I already have it. Lord, I thank you. Yes. Have you just spent casual conversation That's right. to do things like that? Nothing major. I lost something this morning. I still couldn't find it. And right before, and it was very clear. And all these things are going on. And the Lord says, stop, it's right there. And you know what? That was it. It was right there. I didn't have to have a prayer service. I didn't need a prayer line. I didn't have to do any of those things because I am constantly talking to him like he's constantly talking to me. Are you in that space where you're just hearing? Where you're just hearing from the Lord? Because he's not going to lead to some place that you shouldn't be. So Mark 11, 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Yes. So let's back it up. Yep. What things, whatever you desire, when you pray. When you pray. Yes. Not after you pray, but when you pray. It's different. When you pray. So I was talking to um, Elder DeVita this morning. I said, you know why Jesus was not phased when he cursed the fig tree? Again, he didn't have a stomp down service. He didn't slather the fig tree down in olive oil. He didn't do any of those things. He just, no man shall eat fruit of you, fruit of you hereafter. And he kept it on the push. That was it. Why? Because he believed he received when he spoke what did he prayed. So when you believe you receive, when you pray, done. When you believe, when you receive, when you pray, it's done. So that puts you in a different stance. You're standing differently. Not I'm trying to get God to do. You are now standing, it is done. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is done. 
It's very slight, subtle change. So it's going to take a little bit to wrap your mind around it than what you've been doing. But like I otherwise would say, if you've been hitting 100 out of 100 every single time, you know what? You are more than welcome to walk out the back door. However, (laughs) if you have not been hitting that target exactly on point every single time, this bear is listening probably more than a couple times For, for that reason. For that reason, definitely for that reason. So believe you receive when you pray. And then you need to stand fast. Stand fast because it's already done. Now look, if, and I think this is, in all, in all honesty, I really feel that this is where most people, saints, otherwise, this is where very slip. If you came up here for prayer, for a healing in your body, and by the time we laid our hands on your head, and by the time you hit the floor, whatever it was was healed, you'd probably be okay. You would have no problem because there was no waiting time. There was nothing to get at you. There was nothing to, 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 to mess with you or to, you know, blow your brain. Nothing. You had no time. By the time you hit the floor, it was good to go. There was nothing to mess with you. But in those times between amen and there it is, is where something strange happens. It's where the enemy thinks he has time to mess with your mind. It's where he thinks he has time to tell you, now you just came up there and asked for prayer, and you know you have this bill to pay. Look in your wallet. Is it there? That's the time that you need to stand fast and say, I've already prayed, and it's already done. And then you can be on the push as well. No, uh uh-uh, I've already prayed about that. He said, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and I'm never beneath. He said he would liberally supply, fill to the full, all my need, all my demands, all my occasions. I'm good. I'm good. And then you can go. But if you don't have that word that you have hidden in your heart, as the scripture says, so that you are not incending that situation, then where are you? Where are you? You are in worry. You are in fear. But more to the point, you're in deceit. Because even the enemy knows that when you prayed, it was yours when you prayed. He knows it was yours when you prayed. He wants to know, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? That's the point that you need to understand that you are in maintenance mode, not in obtaining mode. You are in maintenance mode, not obtaining because it is now your job to maintain what Jesus has already obtained for you through the finished works of the cross. And again, this is different than what everyone else is used to doing. They're used to, I'm going to get up four o'clock in the morning and I'm going to pray forever and I'm going to say all the confessions I could say. Listen, you are confessing. You continue to do that. Your tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. You go right ahead and you say the word of God over every situation. That is just a reminder to anybody who wants to hear that it is already done on your behalf. That's what that is there for. You are speaking, hallelujah. And every time you speak, you are watering the word of God over that situation. So don't stop. Like I said, this is moving forward with the basics. This is cumulative learning, but understand the reason why you're doing what you're doing. You're not trying to twist God's arm into making him give you what it is by saying 10,000 confessions. You're not, mm-mm. You're, not, you're not twisting his arm right. to make him do it. Right. He said, I have freely given unto you all things 
great and precious promises has he already given unto us and made available to us already. So you don't have to twist his arm to do it. You don't have to. You do need to know that it's already done and you do need to know the process and the order so that you can maintain what Jesus has already obtained. So now the prayer that came out, it came out in the very beginning. When you, you believe, you receive when you pray. Not to look and see, wait a minute, did it happen yet? And to see that if it didn't happen yet, if it doesn't register with your five senses that you fall apart. That's not what's supposed to happen there. You are supposed to be just as strong, if not stronger. In defiance, I am the righteousness of God. This is mine, and no one will talk me out of it. Do you understand? But can you honestly say that you can have those sessions? That's where the rubber meets the road. Pastors say that all the time. Where does the rubber meet the road? Where are you with that? So we need to work on that, because I know I need to work on that. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you guys know, I have to tell them myself. I left work the other day. And, <laughs> and um, excuse me, I was moving at a pretty um, healthy clip. And uh, nothing aggravates me more than somebody in the passing lane doing nothing, as far as I'm concerned. You want to irk me? That's how you irk me. So I'm in the passing lane trying to pass, and I've got four, uh, probably, I think it's three or four cars, just wouldn't get out the way. And I took it for about five miles. I said, Lord, help me, Jesus. I can't take this all the way home. Help me, God. So I used, the, you know, one of the things that was given unto me, which is uh, ultra turbo charge. And, um, <laughs> and I went around, and I felt proud. I did pretty good. I cleared all four cars in one fell swoop. I was feeling pretty good. And I thought I was close to the finish as I turned and came around to 42. Praise his name. And I said, oh, you got to be kidding me. Is that what I think it is? Because I am a rear view mirror watcher. I said, God, I said, God bless my soul. So I moved over. He moved over. I slowed down. He slowed down two cars behind me. I said, okay. So I moved over again, he moved over again. I said, look, okay. <laughs> so I, I, just, I just stopped. So then he just put his lights on. I said, Jesus, help me, God. So I said, okay. <laughs> so he comes to the window. License registration, insurance. So I gave him my, my license. He said, um, where are you going? I said, home. <laughs> he said, are you in a hurry? I said, no. <laughs> no, not at all. So he asked me all the obligatory questions, you know, where do you work? Where are you coming from? I've got my you know, scrubs on and this, that, and the third and all that kind of stuff. And he said, so back there, I said, mm-hmm. He said, um, <laughs> were you trying to get somewhere? I said, well, this is what happens. He says, let me just be clear. He said, I know everyone on this road does not drive the way they're supposed to. He said, I understand that. I said, Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. He said, but um, were you trying to get around somebody back there? And I said, yeah, I was. She was in this lane. She was in the fast lane. She wouldn't get out the way. So I went around her. He says, yeah, I saw that. I said, okay. He said, um, yeah, you went around pretty aggressive. I said, I did. He said, yeah, I clocked you doing a little bit above 92. I said, oh, okay. So I said, but I thought I did pretty good. I made it. He said, yes, you did. Yes, you did. 
He said, so I just want to be real honest with you. He said, I'm not going to give you a ticket. Not going to, you know, not going to give any warnings. Not going to do anything like that. He said, just, you know, just be safe and thank you for taking care of what you're doing. I said, thank you so much. So I <laughs> went on my merry way. Thank you, Jesus, for the rest of the ride home. I was driving like Miss Daisy. All the way home, just to make sure we kept it on the And um, so anyway, the next morning, I'm on my way to work, and I said, what is wrong with this truck? And all this stuff pitched up on the, in front of the screen. You know, this is missing, that is missing, coolant's not there. I said, something's not right. So we switched out the trucks. And I said, look, take the truck down. It probably needs some coolant. It's no big deal. It's hot outside. We'll figure it out. So the truck gets down there, and then I get a phone call in the midst of other horrible things that are happening at work. And the storyline is, the car cannot be driven. I said, I'm sorry? What can't be driven? Car can't be driven. I said, I just drove this car yesterday. What's the problem? It's got to stay, which is, is now a Friday, somewhere at 9 o'clock in the morning. You're telling me you're going to keep my car a weekend. Don't want to hear that. So I said, look, let me talk to the guy. So he's talking to me, yeah, I'm not real safe. You know, you really need to keep it, but we've got a lot of cars in today, and we don't have any lifts and this, that, and the other. I said, you know what? Everything you're telling me means nothing to me. I need my truck. What are you going to do about it? Well, this is the best I can do. I said, that's not the answer. Put her back on the phone. <laughs> I said, look, find this person if I have to call him myself. So, of course, I found out later that I was on speakerphone. Thank you. And um, so the person that I needed... <laughs> happened to hear, just like the Lord. He just walked right out of his office and went up. He says, whatever it is, we'll do the best that we can. Anyway, I said, okay, do I need to get a rental car? And blah, 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 blah. And so I think it was probably like 3 o'clock. And he called me. He says, hey, Mookie, guess what? The car is done. I said, the what is what? He said, the car is done. I said, why is it done? Didn't you tell me you were going to have to keep it all weekend, that you didn't have a place to put it, that you weren't going to be able to touch it and look at it until Monday? He said, yeah, no, I sent someone to Delaware to this dealership to get this part. He says, and it's done. You can come and pick it up anytime. Car's already ready. I said, thank you. He said, yeah, funny thing. I said, so what was it? He says, well, you know what, funny thing, uh, the ultra turbo boost hose? I said, yeah. He said, that's what blew. I said, <laughs> That's what I said. I said, really? I said, what happened? He says, it just burst a little bit at the end. I said, well, funny you should say that. Um, I got clocked somewhere doing 92, and he laughs. He said, well, you know what? Well, thank God. And I said, Lord, thank you. That could have been the worst, ultimately, to me because I needed to get around, but the Lord made a way for me that quick. Now, I could have continued to run my mouth and do a whole bunch of things, but the Lord told me to move, and I listened. He told me to go here, and I did it. He told me to talk to this person and it was done. So now, if I had not been to where I was constantly listening to the Lord in conversation every day, listening for his voice, I would have been in a spot. I probably would not have gotten that back until Monday and wrecked the entire weekend. But the Lord just wanted to let me know your way of escape had already been made. So even during that entire time before that, between amen and there it is time, that was from about 1030 until 340. So that entire time, the enemy had plenty of time to wreak havoc with my brain. So what are you going to do? What if it's more than $1,000? They're saying it's the radiator. What are you going to do with that? What about your warranty? How are you going to get a rental car? What's going to happen? And all this is happening besides the other million things that are going on in front of me. I had multiple chances to have a complete and entire meltdown. Yes. But you know what I said? God, 
you will not let me be made ashamed. That is the word of God. It said, Lord, I am a tither. I am a giver. And I, Lord, every seed that I have ever sown, you never forget a seed that was sown. And I said, Lord, I thank you that I sow whether it is feast or whether it is famine. And Lord, I thank you that I speak over that seed. See, I had to back it up and remind myself of my covenants. But if I had not spent time with this word, I would not be where I needed to be in that area. So when things come up, you must be able to stand fast on the word, don't give up and do not quit. So when you say amen and situations and circumstances haven't quite matched, don't get off. When it hasn't changed yet, don't, go, don't get off of it. Don't start flipping because it hasn't changed yet. God is clear about what he said in his word. Ask. Ask. And you shall receive. Ask. Seek. And ye shall find. Knock. And the door shall be opened unto you. Don't sit there with your mouth shut. Open up your mouth. Hallelujah. In the scripture, it says, prophesy as you have been commanded. Speak over that situation. Don't let, because the situation is talking to you, whether you realize it or not. Talking all the time. But what are you going to do to rebut that? What are you going to do to get out of that situation? So the word of God is the authority. Not the final authority. It is the authority. So that we know. So that we know. Hebrews 4.12, um, NASB version. The word of God is living. The word of God is active. John 6.63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. Hallelujah. And Jeremiah 23.28 to 29, let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. Let the one who has my word. Do you have his word in your mouth? Do you have his word in your heart? Let the one who has my word speak it faithfully, meaning speak it truthfully, meaning speak it when it's good and speak it when it's bad. Speak it when it is faithful, when it, when it is abundant to you and when you feel that the situation is not abundant to you. You are to speak the word of God all the time. And it says, the, the next part in 29, is not my word like fire? declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. Is not the word of God enough to take care of that situation? Yes, it is. Is not that word enough to change and rearrange that situation, to match the word of God like it's supposed to? Is it not? Hallelujah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. And so when we come up here and we dance around and say, yes, I have made it. I am still here because the word of God, it is not changed. Hallelujah. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. It is forever settled on earth. Hallelujah. The word always stands regardless of the situation. So we move it forward. We get to the basics and we move it forward. We move it forward. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.